This is Tennessee Talks with United States Congressman Tim Burchett. Hello, I'm Congressman Tim Burchett, and welcome back to Tennessee Talks. On today's show, I'm going to talk about how the far left's anti-law enforcement agenda and its harmful impact has a terrible effect on law enforcement in our community. Blount County Sheriff James Barong is my guest on today's show. We'll talk about why defund the police is a terrible idea in law en- for law enforcement in East Tennessee. Defund the police is a disaster, folks. The Democrats are supporting uh, this anti-law enforcement rhetoric, and it's encouraged criminals just across the board. Recently, the U.S. Senate voted 99 to nothing in favor of, of uh, stopping any funding to any communities that, that tried to defund the police. And, of course, in California, you can steal up to 90, uh, excuse me, $950 worth of merchandise without being charged with a felony. So these criminals literally are going into these stores and stealing or up to $950 worth of merchandise so they don't get charged with anything and they just walk out the door. There's not a whole lot they can do, and you're seeing stores close down, drug stores and others. You know, I can remember when I was a kid during some riots that were going on in the 60s and 70s, the, um, they said, oh, obviously these people are hungry. They're stealing food. And they said, well, why are they stealing televisions? And then these sociologists said, well, then they thought for a minute and said, obviously they're going to take these things and sell them and buy food, which is totally, just totally wrong, and it's just a lie. Of course, other states like New York, they've abolished the bail laws, allowing criminals to get back on the streets. And now the Democrats who pass these laws or embrace the defund the police are clueless as to why crime is surging. Biden's own press secretary uh, suggested the coronavirus is to blame. Chicago's Democrat mayor suggested retail stores get more cameras or hire private security. Of course, other liberals say the, the robberies are a hoax, but we know they're not. Businesses are in business to make money. When they pull out of a community, there's there's a good reason for it. Of course, it's dangerous for our citizens and police officers, too. Homicides were up 30% in 2020, and they continue to rise. Attack on our police officers are up 91% this year, 91%, according to the National Fraternal Order of Police. Morale among our police officers is very low, and a whole bunch of them are quitting in our big cities due to COVID mandates as well. Um, it's hurting our economy, it's ruining our, our, our livelihoods, and it's killing Americans. Law-abiding citizens, of course, are paying the price for this radical anti-law enforcement movement. And it's time we say enough is enough and we start doing something about it. Joining me now is Blunt County Sheriff James Barong. He is in his 32nd year leading the Blunt County Sheriff's Office. During his tenure, Sheriff Barong has focused on modernizing his operation to tackle the challenges of today's law enforcement environment. When Sheriff Barong first became sheriff in 1989, his office had a little over 60 employees. Today, there are more than 300 folks in the Blount County Sheriff's Office who are helping Sheriff Barong keep the community safe. Sheriff Barong also works with the Blount County Commission to advocate for competitive and fair pay for his deputies. Sheriff Barong is focused on it on evolving his agency to provide more than traditional policing services to the public. In recent years, the Blunt County Sheriff's Office expanded its narcotics unit in response to the ongoing opioid epidemic. Sheriff Barong equipped his deputies with 
Naloxone. How do you pronounce that, Sheriff? Naloxone. Naloxone. Naloxone, right. An antidote for opioid overdose. My partner with Blunt Memorial's Hospital's Substance Abuse Prevention Action Team. The Blunt County Sheriff's Office also maintains a drug take-back program under Sheriff Barong's leadership. It's an honor to welcome Blunt County Sheriff James Barong to Tennessee Talks. Thank you, Sheriff, for joining the show. The first thing that kind of strikes me is how in the world could you maintain any kind of um, civil or civility in Blunt County with just 60 folks in the Sheriff's Department? I mean, it is... it's a huge area. I just don't even see how that would even be possible. Well, it was a, it was a tough task at the time. Uh, fortunately, the commission, when we showed them what we could do with the 60, 65 people we had, uh, they helped us progress with the growth of Blunt County. Then once we got to the point we thought we were adequate and told them so, uh, you saw this fall, and we are dealing with the societal changes in the past number of years. So even... Now we're we're we feel like we're shorthanded now with 350 people as we were with 65 at the time. Sure. Well, it, it's growing so much, and and um, man, you just in the summertime, you'll go through eight or nine. I'll follow eight or nine cars before I'll see one with Tennessee tags on it. Even when you're heading up towards the park, so it's um, it's it is a destination of a lot of different groups. Um, but there's also there's a lot of talk in Congress and big city governments about defunding police departments. I was wondering, I, I, we've talked about this in the past, but could you share with some of our listeners why this is such a bad idea? Well, nothing in, in society and, and, and in government works without public safety, you know, through intimidation by people. Uh, you can't send the kids to school and feel like they're safe or go shopping and buy something with the government will read the benefits of, of sales tax and other things. Uh, public safety is your number one thing. It makes the whole uh, wheel roll, in my opinion. Uh, and I am in law enforcement, but without that, it, it, it's a terrible idea. You know, I, I looked at the, some of the northern states that have that idea, and some of them kind of implemented it. Well, I got the point, you know, I was in my mind, and wonder how long they were it will take them to realize that is a bad idea. And I think they have realized that they just don't know how to, they just don't know how to back away from their, uh, their stance or statements that they put out. But in their community, uh, it's antithesis to that. Uh, you know, when they were talking about that around, uh, the nation, uh, started the back to blue, we had groups okay. and organizations and blunt came with back to blue and they were so supportive and so, generous to the support that they gave us and it's just what we have here not only in blood and east tennessee as a whole is not the norm throughout the nation and it's very humbling to have their citizens support us like they have yeah you know i i don't get a lot of calls on that that people wanting to i don't i can't think that i've had a handful and it's generally um it generally goes along the lines when you when you confront these folks, they always say the same thing. They say, oh, we don't want to defund the police. We just want to allocate the money elsewhere. And so, which is, right. you know, so you've got an available pot of money and there's only X number of dollars and, and they're wanting to pull it out of it and, and fund some other bureaucracy that just doesn't. And, you know, you're not, when there's a domestic quarrel going on or a bank robbery or a, a drug deal or a, child being abducted, you know, uh, the time for um, uh, sending a U.N. advisor in there is is done past, and you need somebody to understand. It's done past. you got to 
yeah. split second. Yeah. And real quick thing on that also I'd like to add yeah. is there my county mayor, Ed Mitchell, their county commission, uh, they have stepped in the last few years with with ultra safety equipment and spent uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars to make sure we have the tools of the trade to keep uh, not only the citizens safe, but to keep uh, my deputies safe while doing their job. Yeah. And uh, I have to give a big attaboy to them for supporting us sure. uh, in, in a time like we're in right now. Yeah, as a former county mayor, I know how that you can't do it on your own and you've got to have their support. And it's uh, that, that three-legged stool. One one leg gets knocked out and you're, you're teetering on disaster. But um, you, you, you kind of touched on this, about, but your department, I know that they prioritize strong relationships between the deputies and the citizens. I've been there. I've seen them in the community. You know, they don't, when I'm, when, you know, they don't know that I'm even there and I've seen them talking to folks in the courthouse or out on the street or, and I've, you know, come upon an accident or something and your guys are, and gals are already out there, of course. And, but how does that help when it comes to meeting the local community's law enforcement needs? Well, we don't know what their needs is and, or are unless we get to know them. Uh, you know, we train or definitely have our own academy in Blunt County, one of the three counties in the state of Tennessee that can train our own people. There are lots of the training is, is you know, it's kind of cut out, not a cookie cutter, but uh, a lot of it is, is mandated. We train in this and this and this. But outside of that, it gets the philosophies and the people, the taxpayers, the citizens of Blunt County, even the visitors. That's who we work for. And uh, I, I have asked through the years and started at an early time in, in 89, 90, if, uh, and I call it above and beyond, you know, if they have a, a downtime and the call is not, they're not responding to a call and see a guy going to the mailbox or raking his leaves or, or whatever it may be, stop and ask that guy, you know, if he has any problems, what we could do to better serve them. And, and the relationship you build with the citizens, uh, it comes back tenfold. It does, gives us an opportunity to find out what their their wants, needs, and problems are that we can readily solve them. Absolutely, you and I, both about the same age, and in the you know in the '60s and early '70s, there was kind of a movement to put down law enforcement, and um, you know, and kids would act like they were afraid of them. Now they they run to them. And that's that's what they need to do when there's when there's trouble. They shouldn't run from them. They should run towards them and, and get the help that they need. But you know, and I, I know this is something you and I've talked about in the past as well. But and you know this that we've lost over a hundred thousand Americans over the last year from the opioid epidemic and the the, the lethal substance fentanyl. It's so powerful and so deadly, just a small amount. I think the size of a match head could take out 100 people or something. And um, I know it, it's one of the leading causes in the record number of deaths. Uh, is your department encountering much fentanyl, and how are y'all responding to the opioid epidemic, and, and what can we as citizens do to help? Uh, yes, we're, we're, we're dealing with fentanyl, and it, it is very lethal. Air overdose deaths or in overdoses and overdose deaths are, are out the roof right now. You know, there's so many people affected, whether it's immediate family members or victims of crime or somebody's killed in a car wreck while they were overdosing, which happens frequently or injured in a car wreck. And just last week, we had a situation, uh, a woman in her 40s overdosed and passed. She was living with her young, young, young daughter. And the daughter couldn't, was so young, couldn't get out, couldn't do anything. We did a welfare check for if somebody hadn't heard from the mother. And the, and the little girl comes out screaming and crying. Her mother's laying in there, had passed hours before 
And I, you know, it just breaks my heart even right now. I get a little emotional about it. Uh, having, you know, a mother that's supposed to love your child, put your, put her child in that position. And that'll, you know, that'll scar that young lady for the rest of her life. Absolutely. Uh, but and it's things like that, you know, I could tell you stories all day and I, we see, we, we, we're there. We see, uh, tragedies like that. It affects again, uh, family members. So it's not a victimless crime by any means. There's so many casualties of it. Um, associated with it but what we have done with that and through my years here and 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 we have excellent law enforcement the sheriff and the chiefs across east tennessee and the state of tennessee are my friends the partnership networking you know uh that we investigate things together uh the federal state and local partners is a key to it uh if they're doing something in knox or anderson blunt or whatever it may be the county associated with east tennessee they're doing it here too but we're getting flooded with uh, with uh, that drug and many other drugs. And, and the drug of flavor, uh, drug of choice, goes on what's available and what's the cheapest at the time. So fitting all the, uh, is it today and tomorrow it might be heroin again and it might be something else the next day. And without those partnerships uh, that we have with each other, uh, we just don't have the manpower to, uh, to even make a dent in, uh, in it. Yeah, I remember when I was mayor, of Knox County for eight years. I can remember when, about the first year we were talking to some experts and they just said, basically, it's just e- simple economics. It's just when when something gets down below the price of, of it was heroin at that time, um, when it gets below uh, the price of the opioids that they're getting out on the street or what have you, then then that that's where the market goes. And that's in fentanyl, of course, it's just so deadly and, and so little amount could be packed in apparently it comes out of china and then goes goes through our mexican borders pretty much unchecked and um okay. and that's a, that just seems to be a dangerous and i i too i hate i've i've somebody said it's kind of blown out of proportion but i i worry about about our officers when they go into those situations not knowing that this fentanyl has contaminated something um the, just the, like i said just a, a amount that that's on the head of a head of a needle could kill a man of a, a grown man and um you know, just like when meth was 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 big, and it still is, and you'd go into a um, where they were cooking it, and the people, you know, you had to be real careful, the officers, about getting it on them and and um, and affecting them as well. It just seems like another risk that we're putting our law enforcement in, and I would I would hope at some point we would address that. I know COVID seems to be the hot button right now, but we need to get back to. Um, it just seems that we're not even hearing any reports of deaths. And, and from what law enforcement is telling me around the country, it, if those numbers are even up and we're just not reporting yes, it are. because of COVID. Well, well, Sheriff, I wanted to thank you so much. I want to thank you for being my friend for these years. And I appreciate you being on Tennessee Talks with us. Um, and I'd just like to say uh, we really appreciate the great job that law enforcement does for us, and especially those in Blount County. And this is Congressman Tim Burchett, and we've been joined today by Sheriff Jim Barong, James Barong, I guess I should say, be official. And I appreciate you very much sharing your perspective on Tennessee Talk, Sheriff. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tennessee Talks. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Keep up with Congressman Burchett by following at Rep Tim Burchett on Twitter and Instagram and at Congressman Tim Burchett on Facebook and YouTube.